Hi, this is Ben Lowell, and this is Truth in Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld. John, uh, welcome today. Uh, but also, you know, you have a special message today. It's the New Year's. Yeah. And uh, you have a special thing you want to share. And I think it's, a, it's obviously very appropriate that we talk about time. Uh-huh. But where are you going to go with that? Well, you know, um, so much of our lives are about planning things in the future. Um, and the question is, is that wise? And uh, you know, this is a time of year that people sometimes make resolutions, and most resolutions are about something that we're going to accomplish in the future. And so the question is, do we have the future? Yeah. And uh, since we don't, what does that actually mean? Yeah. And how should we actually deal as we think about a new year, um, as we look forward, which we are apt to do as human beings, uh, how should we look forward, given that we don't know what the future is? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks so much, John. We look forward to that. So join us in just a few minutes of Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld. Well, I hope you're having a great new year. Um, I don't know if you're the kind of person that makes New Year's resolutions, but if you are, I'd like to talk to you because New Year's is a time in which we you know, take an opportunity to evaluate what's been happening in the past and we think about the kind of things that we'd like to change in the future and, and how we're gonna make those changes. I think that resolutions, however, can be both a blessing and a curse. I mean, they are a blessing when we begin to look at and and examine the way in which we've lived our lives and we begin to say, you know, there are certain things that I just want to change and I want the Holy Spirit to help me in doing that. There are other things that, um, you know, in which um, New Year's resolutions are a curse because, you know, I mean, it's been said so often, but by January the 15th, you know, a number of us have broken most of our resolutions. And sometimes when we make resolutions, we're really asking ourselves to do things we're not even capable of. Like, you know, in in this year, I'm going to write that best-selling novel, you know, the great Canadian or American novel. I'm going to write it this year. And it's probably not going to happen for you, at least I don't think it is. But, but here, here's what I, I, I think about resolutions. Every single resolution I know of depends on something called future time. And I'm going to say that's folly. So time is not a commodity that we actually own. I mean, I want you to think about that. I mean, you can't bank time and so watch your investment grow. You can spend time, but you can't even go to the bank of time and see how much have I got left in my account. You'll never know how much you have left because you and I should know that God doesn't have to resort to a miracle to take you out of this world. I mean, something very mundane may happen to you this afternoon or tomorrow, and that's all there is and suddenly you're ushered into eternity. None of us knows the amount of time that we have. So with that in mind, let me read from Proverbs 27 and verse one. It says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. See, here's the thing, don't boast about tomorrow or don't take tomorrow for granted or don't say, you know, tomorrow, these are the things I'm going to accomplish because you don't know what it's going to bring. Well, the book of Proverbs is a part of this this section in the Bible that we call wisdom literature. And wisdom in scripture is uh, teaching an individual to learn to live skillfully. You know, everyone knows that skills are required in various endeavors that human beings are involved in. You know, you're gonna be a musician, you're gonna have to develop a certain skill set along with any other occupation that you do. But 
All of life, or if you're going to live life well, it requires a certain skill set, and that's what biblical wisdom is. It will teach you how to live well, how to live skillfully. Well, there's a couple of other things that I also find uh, in others of the wisdom literature. Listen to Psalm 90, verse 2. It's a psalm that's attributed to Moses, and that indeed it was written by Moses. And Moses says, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom, he says. So, you know, as he uses the word wisdom, and he says, if you're going to have wisdom, you've got to learn how to number your days. Well, you might say, I don't know how to do that. I, I actually don't know how many days that I have, but even that conclusion will help us to think about the future in realistic terms. I don't know how many days I have, and given that, I ought to look at each one of the number that I've already lived, and I ought to think about that and consider the value of every single day that I'm given. Now, here's another passage, and this one's from Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for in the grave where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. In other words, you have today. You don't have tomorrow at all. So if there's something before you, don't say to yourself, well, you know, I'm going to give myself enough time to warm myself up to an idea. If it's in your power to accomplish something today, do it today. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. That's the thing that you want to do. So I wonder, having said all of these things, how many of us actually live for tomorrow? I mean, tomorrow I'm going to get a career. Tomorrow I'm going to accomplish some goal. Tomorrow I'm going to have enough money saved so that I can finally take that, that dream vacation that, that I and my spouse have been dreaming about. Tomorrow I'm going to start a new business. Tomorrow I'm going to get married. Tomorrow I'm going to uh, get an education. And, and so we make resolutions about all of the things that we're going to accomplish tomorrow. But God says, look, don't boast about tomorrow. Um, act every single day as if this may indeed be the last day of your life. Now, I, I, I'm going to add something, and uh, it comes from Proverbs 6, verses 6 to 11, and it presents the other side of what I've just said. But listen to these words. Uh, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, nor ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a bandit and scarcity like an armed man. That is, whenever you say, you know, I'm always going to have tomorrow in which I'm going to accomplish the thing that I want to accomplish, uh, you need to understand that that's just another word for laziness. I mean, get at it now because now is the time. So you want to take care of some of the things in your life. I mean, uh, in some ways, I think, we, we have to live as if it's our last days, but we have to plan as if we've got many days ahead. I think both of those are wise living. That is, live to the fullest this day. You may not have another one. And at the same time, should God in his mercy give you another one, know what you're about. Make plans carefully. It was Martin Luther who once said, if I knew that Christ was going to come tomorrow, I'd still plant an apple tree today. And I think that's great wisdom. So we act as if we have plans because God wants us to plan for the future in a way that glorifies him. But we also come to him every single day and say, Lord, I recognize in this bank 
that's called my time, my life, the days that are assigned to me that you've given to me. In, in, in this day, I'm going to act as if I don't know that I have tomorrow. I'll live this day in a way that pleases you. You know, I've been talking about time, and uh, the reality is that we've come to a new year, and uh, new years do remind us of the progress of time. Uh, we look back at the things that have happened, the things that disappointed us, and the things that, you know, thrilled our hearts, and the things that we believe we've done well, and the things that, man, I wish I just had another chance at that thing. So new year does that, but it also makes us project towards the future. I think we do that because we're in the image of God. But when we think about future time, I'm gonna say that there are two things that the Bible teaches us that we should avoid. And here they are. First of all, we should not boast about what will become or what we will accomplish. That, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, we should not act as though we can depend upon tomorrow. So let me take them one step at a time. We should not boast about what we will become or what we will accomplish. And here I'm gonna read a, a parable that Jesus told. And it's found in Luke chapter 12, verses, verses 12, or 13, all the way to 21. It says, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And then he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told him a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. He thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I'll store my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Now watch Christ's conclusion to this. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Now, here's something very important about the, the story that Jesus told. He's not saying that it's wrong to store up things for the future. I mean, over and over again, we find in the Bible that that's wisdom. I mean, the fool, says the book of Proverbs, spends everything that he or she has, whereas a wise individual will take care to lay things aside for a day when it might be required. So it is important, whether you're in business or whether you're just living out your life, that you understand that the day may come where you might have to rely on the things that you've stored up. I mean, that's good biblical counsel. So it's not wrong for a business person to say, you know, I'm going to grow my business. I'm going to invest more wisely. That's not the issue. Watch what Jesus thinks the issue is. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. That is, we use the resources that we have for ourselves. We say, when all of this is said and done, I'll have a pile of money that's, that's high enough and deep enough so that I can live the life of ease and pleasure. That's what I've got coming to me for all the hard work that I've, come, that I've done. And you meet people like this once in a while. I mean, they make it all the way to retirement, and they get to retirement, and then all of a sudden their, their health crashes. And then they say, that's not fair. And they shake their fist at God. What they don't realize is that they've been living in an unwise, ungodly, and unbiblical way all of the time. 
The resources that we raise up are so that we might be rich towards God. So that we might think of a time when, you know, my life circumstances may change, but I will still use the richness that I have in order to live for the sake of the glory of God and his kingdom. See, that's the the first mistake that we make. We boast about what we will become, what we'll accomplish, and we boast about how good our lives are going to be. It's folly. Here's the second thing. We should not act as though we can depend on tomorrow. I'm reading here from James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. It says, now listen you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist. Watch this. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. I think there's something that's very important in this, this teaching. Again, no one is condemned for planning for the future. That's good and wise things to do. But as we plan for the future, we ought to remember who it is that's planning for the future. I'm a mist. I need to always say, in all of the plans that I undertake, if it is the Lord's will, this is what I'm going to do. If, on the other hand, it's not the Lord's will, I'm not going to do that. In other words, I know at the outset, going in, that I'm not the captain of my ship. In fact, the, the best laid plans of mice and men often go astray, the old saying goes. Well, the reason they go astray is because God plans something different than what we did. And, and when God's plans prevail over our own, we ought not then to shake our fist at God and say, but I had it planned this way. God will respond by saying, actually, it, your plans didn't matter because you didn't own your life and you didn't own your future. I owned your life and I owned your future and your goal in life was to find happiness in me and to find me the, the source of your joy and satisfaction. Because when you make that your goal, you'll find that I am the source of your satisfaction. So uh, that's the important thing. And, and I'm going to end this um, simply by saying that it, it used to be a custom among Christians uh, to regularly say about all future plans, uh, Lord willing. So it would be very simple. Sometimes we'd even say, uh, we got an appointment for tomorrow. You know, it's going to be 1230. We're going to meet at such and such a place and we'll plan there. Yeah, is that good? You good with your calendar? Good with mine? Well, we'll see you then, Lord willing. And it wasn't just a saying, you see. It was supposed to be a, a memorized mantra that we put into our own hearts in which we constantly remind ourselves that the plans that we have made may not come to fruition. That's wisdom. And that's gaining a heart of satisfaction in God. Now, based on everything that I've said, I want to talk about what happens when an individual decides that they're going to depend upon tomorrow. So I'm going to say here's four things that happen. Number one, you're going to find that your heart becomes attached to the joys of this life and not to the joys of the next. You know, in Ecclesiastes 5, Solomon says that it's good and proper, he says, to enjoy our family, our friends, our work, and our possessions. But there's a difference, you see, between enjoying this world and setting our hearts on this world. 
That is, when your affections are set on this world and you think, these are the things from this world that I need in order to maintain my happiness, you will find that that way of thinking ends in a crushing disappointment. I don't know how else to say it to you, but if your heart are put, your heart is put in the riches of this world, it will end in a crushing disappointment. I promise you that. And so what you want to do is not become attached to this world. See, that's a little sim- a signal in every one of our heads. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm depending on tomorrow, meaning tomorrow in this world. See, I haven't been saying that you can't depend upon tomorrow in eternity because God has made great and precious promise to us in Christ, you know, that we have eternity, that he has opened the doorway to the new Jerusalem to us. It will not be denied of all who who trust in him. That eternity, that tomorrow is indeed promised, but the tomorrow on this earth is not. So don't set your affections on that. So here's the second thing that happens when we depend on tomorrow. I've said, first of all, we become attached to this life. Now here's the second thing we become proud of our worldly circumstances. We noticed already in the story that Jesus told about this rich man that died that night in the midst of making his plans, we noticed that Jesus said that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And we need to recognize that. We don't respect people because they have little or because they have much. What you have in this world is not a reflection of your worth. So you gotta come to terms with that. Thirdly, we also, if we depend on tomorrow, we begin to envy others who have succeeded more than, than we are. See, I've, I don't know that I've ever had this conversation, but I bet you haven't either. Have you ever met the person who said, you know, I really envy, makes me green with envy so I can hardly stand being around that person because I know the happiness that is waiting for them in the next life. I've never met that person. I mean, usually when we think about the happiness that awaits someone, we actually rejoice with them. But when we think about someone who's done better than us in this life, we have that green monster that begins to live inside of us. You know what I'm talking about? It's called envy, and uh, it destroys all the joy that we might have had. That's what depending on tomorrow does. It says, you know, by this time in my life, I thought I had made my first million. Or by this time in my life, I had a thought I'd own my first business or whatever it is. You see, all of that has a financial base to it. And the final thing, here's what happens when we depend on tomorrow. We're at ease with the sin and the darkness in our own souls. We easily excuse ourselves because we've got things that we need to accomplish and we've got to make, you know, just, we we have to make some compromises because if we don't make those compromises, how are we going to get that stuff? You see, all of these things begin to happen. So this, this presumption that says tomorrow is mine when in fact it's not, but the presumption that we build, this, this fantasy in our own soul ends up harming our own soul. And that's why, you know, when we talk about making resolutions in the coming year, we ought to take a great deal of care how we make them. Well, okay, I want to talk about here now six serious questions that every seeker of wisdom should ask him or herself regarding the future. Question number one, where am I laying my treasure? You see, am I laying my treasure in the world to come? You remember Jesus said, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. 
And then he says, where rust, and, uh, where rust and moth destroy. In other words, all sorts of things happen on this earth that will take these treasures away. You make sure that you're building your treasure in the world to come. Here's the, the second uh, question for a serious seeker of wisdom. How many of my plans that I presently have depend on me growing old? I mean, that's a question I like to ask because if they do, and then suddenly you're not given that as your provision from God, what will you do in the end? Number three, what am I doing now that's going to matter 100 years from now? This is an excellent question. Ask yourself, all of the things that you put in your resolution or that you think that you want to accomplish in this coming year, how many of those things are going to matter, not 20 years from now, but 100 years from now, when you're no longer here? What are the things that you're doing that are significant for eternity? And how much of what you're doing, the minute you die, is wiped out and gone forever? Uh, here's the, the fourth question. What ethical value scheme uh, do, do I use to evaluate my behavior? And here I would simply say, the Bible is your ethical value scheme. Use the Bible as a mirror to your soul and say to yourself, as I read the text of Scripture, how am I doing? Not as I check my bank account, but as I read the text of Scripture. Uh, number five, am I counting on repenting of some sin tomorrow? See, again, if you say, you know, there's, there's that stuff that's happening in my life and one day I'm going to deal with that. You might not have that one day you have right now. Get on your knees now and take the time at the beginning of a year and to simply say, Lord, I have sinned. I turn from that sin. Oh God, send me the Holy Spirit to give me power not to repeat these sins that grieve the heart of God and are offense to your righteousness. And finally, what is my hope for eternity? Or do you think about it? You see, because you do, and you should, when Moses said, teach me to number my days, he meant to say, teach me how fleeting my life actually is. Help me to understand how quickly the journey here will be gone and how quickly I'll be facing eternity. So in this coming year, I want you to have joy. Put your hope in God. Don't put your hope in this world and you do just fine. Put your hope in this world and the things this world can give you and it's going to be a very bad year. Make it a good year. Welcome back to Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld. Uh, John, thanks for your message today. I think it gives us a lot to think about as we move into a new year. And as you were talking, I, I was sort of thinking, you know, there's really a need for balance, isn't there? There's that perspective of, you know, I want to anticipate. I want to do things that are going to glorify God. I want to make plans. And at the same time, there's that sense that, you know, I really don't have control, even with That's my right. best intentions, as you said, as the Lord wills. Yeah, God willing, this is what I will do. It's not a trivial phrase. You know, there are some people that have actually argued that Christians shouldn't say as the Lord wills, you know, that it's some kind of expressing doubt or unbelief that, you know, God has great things for me in this life and so forth. Ben, I have this sense that we need to constantly remember that we're marching to Zion. We're not in Zion. Yeah. I mean, the heavenly city is yet ahead. This ain't it. Mm -hmm. uh, however, now that I'm here, I will do all things for the glory of God. So as Paul said, to live is Christ, yeah. which means for him it meant 
preaching the gospel, uh, continuing to fellowship with local churches, partnering with them to see the gospel go as far forward as it possibly could. Yeah. For me to live as Christ, I'm gonna keep on pushing, but to die, he says, is gain. Yeah. So, you know, if all of these things that I'm planning on this world don't reach fruition, well, I'm all the better for it, not worse for it. Yeah. So if I could get that perspective, it would change the way I think about future plans. Yeah. Thanks so much, John, and, and thanks for today's message. And we just wish you again a very happy new year. And join us again next week right here on Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld.